and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlips, and I'm here with my partners. Wait a second. Jeremy looks like he's on a beach somewhere. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, I wish you could find me on this beach. Um, I'm, I'm trying to inspire myself for, uh, you know, it's winter time, stuck in the house. I, I, looking at pictures like this makes me feel just a little bit better. I'm not going to lie. And the sun was out today, too, so that was helpful. But, um, yeah, you can't find me on this beach right now, but you can find me at Dynasty Madman. <laughs> and Shane Manila. <laughs> yeah, I was on mute. Muted. Yeah. And I knew that, and I said, I'm on mute. I saw your lips saying, I'm on mute. <laughs> So I am not in a desert island anywhere. I am in uh, beautiful northeast Philadelphia coming to you live and direct. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> How you feeling, by the way? Hey, still no COVID. Uh, I'm immune to it now. Again, as we spoke about since I had it once, I'm immune from COVID, STDs, <laughs> uh, criminal prosecution. <laughs> so I'm good. I mean, basically, I can do whatever I want in life now. So not going to wear the mask anymore then, huh? No, no, no. I don't wear the mask. And actually, when I see people and they're like, oh, I have COVID, I lick them. Okay, don't listen to anything. Everything he's saying, it's all for joke. He Bad doesn't mean advice. any of it. <laughs> hey, do you, do you have a taste? Uh, like, do you have a sense of taste and smell or... I, it's it. I, I, so this is probably the worst part of it. It definitely did something to my taste, to my sense of taste. Everything tastes different now. Yeah. Um, which I, I bet the best way I can describe it is everything tastes duller. So like I'm a I'm a big you know iced coffee and iced tea drinker. Like yeah, I survive off those things. Um, Love it. And both of them taste wildly different to me now oh, wow. than they did before COVID, and they don't taste as good. Oh. Like not in a good Add more way. more like sugar and yeah. chocolate. So yeah, no, it definitely dulled. It definitely dulled my taste senses. Now I don't know if that's forever or what, but yeah. But again, I mean, on the grand scale of thing, grand scheme of things, like that's the worst that I got out of it when people are dying from it. So I can't complain uh, too much. That's true. I was talking to somebody today who said they lost their sense of taste, and she said that she ate pineapple. And drank coffee together at the same time, and she still couldn't taste either one of them. So it's definitely not there. It's, yeah, I had, and you know, look, I just had nachos over the weekend with queso. I, found, I was so excited because I couldn't find queso for like a month and a half. So oh, I hadn't man. had queso in so long. And I microwave the queso, it's nice and warm, and I started eating the nachos with the queso, and I'm like, this doesn't taste the same. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. I'm that's sorry, sad. man. So listen, um, well, at least, hey, at least you made it through and everything's fine and you're okay. And all the jokes aside, you know, nobody listened to him. He doesn't do all those things. He's not licking people. But, you know, even when you get the vaccine, please keep wearing your mask. There's a lot of people that don't have the vaccine. So um, we have a couple things to talk about in the news today. And then we're going to have a guest on the first of two weeks where we have a guest coming in to discuss what Matthew Barry said about them and and what he said about the DFB last week. I see Jeremy laughing. Yeah, yeah, he's going to there's some rebuttals that have to be had. <laughs> these these guests um you know this week Scott and next week Graham Barfield, they have to, you know, stand up for themselves after the <laughs> The, the grueling roasting that uh, was given by Matthew Barry a, a week or so back. And um, I think they're here for it. They're, they're, they're going to have a good time. We're going to talk some more um, Dude Fantasy Bro Invitational, DFB Invitational. A lot of fun with Scott. Awesome. And, you know, one thing we're going to do tonight that's actually special, and it's going to be for our HQ crew guys, our Patreon account, we're going to do a one-round rookie mock for um, for 2021 mm. with, <laughs> with Jeremy, Shane, myself, and Scott, and Scott Barrett. Way so, too early, but we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. And if you're a patron, part of the HQ crew, you guys will get to hear that, uh, that one-round rookie gals, mock. Guys, gals, whatever. We don't care. <laughs> You can be gender fluid. We don't give a fuck. As long as you're a patron, that's all we care about. What are you talking if you're not a patron, then you don't get to listen to the mock draft tonight with us three. Which, I mean, come on. Extra us. And then Scott Barrett, too, who's oh really smart God. and oh. has nice hair. He still has all his hair, lucky kid. Oh, my God. Hey, I still have my hair. I just choose to shave it off. But um, tonight, our news. Hey, Shane, our news is brought to you by who? Uh, F- Fantasy Data. Uh, dot com um, use promo code trades hq all in caps and uh, save some money on there 
Um, big news tonight. Lots of big news. Um, I didn't even know what to go with. So first we got the Ravens waived Mark Ingram. So huge, huge. Um, Is really, that surprising in any way? How Did he have time left on his that. contract? I mean, what, what was that all about? I, I don't even know if he was. Yeah, I'm sure he Well, if they waived him, he, he had to have time left on his contract, but no dead cap, I'm sure. We already knew that was going to happen. We knew J.K. Dobbins took the job from him. The more interesting thing is, will the Ravens keep try to hold on to Gus Edwards? Um, if not, then it's looking like just J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill next year, and uh, J.K. Dobbins could absolutely smash. Well, plus we know you like Justice Hill. You have him in a couple leagues and stuff. I will not let go of Justice Hill through at least <laughs> um, this offseason. We're going really? to hold on to him this offseason. He was the he was the last guy at the end of one of my benches, and I cut. And then I looked, and I was like, "Oh, I should have cut that guy instead." <laughs> That's Just, funny. This is no more on my roster. Dobbins. I mean, you know, I, I think Dobbins is going to be just fine. And we knew Mark Ingram was on his way out, likely. So nothing surprising about it, really. Um, I don't know that this even changes my my outlook on J.K. Dobbins at all. It, but it's good that he doesn't have a crowded backfield um, yeah, to the point he had before. It should. It definitely should not affect your outlook at all on J.K. Dobbins. Like if you if this is making you think that J.K. Dobbins is a stronger buy, you should just continue to play redraft and give up on <laughs> dynasty. What What do you think they do need to do? What do you What do you think the Ravens need to do in the draft? Obviously, they're uh, not going to take a running back. Wide receiver. Uh, they need a wide receiver. Um, and like a wide receiver one, like somebody that can just be like you know the guy kind of guy. They have a lot of. Other wide receivers, but I'm with Shane. Like having one stud wide receiver would be nice. Somebody that, you know, like Des Bryant, but 10 years ago, Des Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the yeah, and with the running backs, like Shane says, it's not like all of a sudden J.K. Dobbins is going to get a bump in value. He already had that bump anyways. And, hey, I hope Gus Edwards does hang around because like you with Justice Hill, I have Gus everywhere. Um, it, it's funny. Speaking of running backs <laughs> – I see you wrote here. But then you should want Gus Edwards to leave so he can get a starting gig somewhere. Yeah, but I don't know that he would get a starting gig somewhere. Just saying. And, 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 and uh, Jeremy, j- just for um, uh, transparency purposes, uh, that's not the correct word there, but uh, Marquise Brown um, was a wide receiver <laughs> one for weeks 12 through week 17, baby. Yeah. That was good to see. I, I only have him in a couple spots. I traded um, John Bosch in one of our one quarterback leagues and I, I traded a first rounder and it looked good for a while. And then this year it looked bad again after I looked at what was taken in the first round of the rookie draft. But then I was, I was back on, to being okay about it. Um, he's exciting, man, albeit inconsistent, but it's not all his fault. Although the, the games where he couldn't catch stuff was definitely his fault. But I think, you know, yeah. he's, he's a rookie. So, you know, I mean, second year he's guy. a second year guy and, you know, it's not a high passing offense. I think he's going to be fine, man. I, and it's funny, too, that you mentioned that because you know how much love Scott Barrett had for Marquise Brown the last time he was on our show. So when he comes in here, um, I think he's going to want to talk about that again. <laughs> well, that works out pretty good. You know, we have a couple other stupid things here on the news because we were joking well, around. I mean, no, listen, it, listen. John it, Kelly is still in the league. Well, I didn't know if that's stupid to anyone, but well, I didn't know. It, well, he signed with your Browns. But it's, it's stupid that we have that as a news thing when you're going to say, does it, didn't even realize that he's still in the league. So, uh, but, and the reason. Or Corey Coleman. But the no reason. Idea they hey, listen, around. the reason I was saying it's kind of stupid. I was kind of following off of what Jeremy was saying because Scott is actually ready to come into the room. So I was, I was well, that's what I was trying to say. I was trying to say this rest of this news is nothing. I would much rather hear what Scott has to say about what Matthew Barry said about him two weeks ago on our show. And and Scott's in the room, but he's muted. I don't know if that's Jeremy or Scott's muting him. We need to ask Scott, though, if he thinks Marquise Brown is a good buy low because people are going to just forget that that second half happened because they gave up on him after the first half. <laughs> Do you really think you really think he's a buy low that people are I forgetting think, about him? I think people will sell him for a second round rookie pick in about 45 minutes. Seriously? <laughs> really? I, all right. Well, hey, listen, Scott, you're here. <laughs> hey, I like your hoodie, too. Wait, yeah, what's up, guys? Sh- Shane, you look good. I don't know what you did, but, but, uh, but you look different from the last time I see you. You clean up nicely. Uh, yeah, so a few things on the agenda. First of all, I am hammered. I I, I started early. I every year abuse my body during the football season. 
like 20 weeks, just grueling 80 hour, 90 hour weeks. And the only way to get through it is, so I pick up some bad vices, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> other, uh, not that bad, like other people in the industry just like abuse Adderall. But uh, I, I just drink <laughs> a lot of caffeine, which like, I have like stomach issues and messes up my stomach and, uh, and nicotine. I, I, I was a long time hookah smoker Oh gosh. Uh, where I just go to hookah <laughs> bars, like we're just surrounded by like middle Eastern men who don't speak English and just write for like 18 <laughs> hours puffing out hookah. But I quit that. It's been over a year, uh, but I did the jewel. And so I'm oh, on God. day, day two or day three of no nicotine, no caffeine, and uh, it's just like serious headaches and you're like really exhausted and like beaten down. So, so my way, my path through that is just, is just drink through it. That's like a, a friendly vice we can, we're okay with. So I'm just warning you in advance. That's, that's what we're dealing with. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about. We, you know, Matthew Berry, one of the greatest podcast performances of all time, playing Roastmaster General, just, uh, just absolutely h- hilarious uh, taking shots at me, Graham, uh, Field Yates, and Co. Um, and then we got to talk about my last appearance, my my best ever podcast appearance. Like two years ago, I was on uh, Wolf of Roto Street's podcast. He asked me, it was like, he's like, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I'm like, oh yeah, league winner. What about Austin Eckler? Oh, he's a league winner. And just like basically nailed every single. Oh, Christian McCaffrey is going to have a Ladanian Tomlinson season. Just like uh-huh. perfect podcast. And then your the last time I went on was like the worst possible <laughs> podcast performance. Thank you. And so, so I need to self-flagellate. I need to apologize. We need to get that out of, out of the way. But I just uh, I just chewed all your ears off. So so you guys can point me in a direction wherever you guys want to start. We can start. <laughs> I want to go back to what you were saying about drinking, though. What is it that you're what? drinking? <laughs> I mean, it's just a Michelob Ultra. It's oh. just, it's like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> if you're gonna drink, at least drink good stuff. Sensible beer, beer. Christ. And Scott, I mean, look, dr- drugs are bad, but that's why I like cocaine and methamphetamine. Oh my god! No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, from, do not listen to him. It's from the earth, so it's good for you. He doesn't. So do it's okay drugs. to do those things. Un, not true, not true at all. Don't listen to it. I, I'm very, I keep my bite. Like, I don't want to go worse than like what's common. Like, you know, everyone's at Starbucks, you know, uh, nicotine's okay, alcohol, whatever. But like, I just like abuse it to like the, like apparently like one of the jewel packs oh, God. is like, is like a pack and a half of cigarettes. And I was like going through like three <laughs> of those and like my heart would just like, like st- stop beating for like a minute and it, it was just it's a nice day, day to die <laughs> okay i was it was i agree yeah. with you scott let's turn it all back in let's go back let's go back to the show because then shane will start talking about vices and we'll never get get to it so um shane actually wanted to know your thoughts on marquise brown before we start talking about um matthew barry's comments right so i mean we should we should go back and we should talk about uh all of my misses from our last podcast one of which was i said the 2019 class of wide receivers was historically great and no one realizes it and i think there's a tremendous amount of value there from a a dynasty and redraft perspective i mean aj brown everyone loves aj brown he's a beast dk metcalf he's a beast everyone loves him but those guys were kind of expensive and then three who stood out to me was terry mclaurin deontay johnson and hollywood brown who were actually cheaper in Dynasty than Redraft, which just makes no sense. And so I, I had it ranked Terry just because he was the most expensive. And then Deontay, who I said was going to outscore Juju, I, I, I don't think he did. He came close. And then if you like take out the three games where he left hurt in the first quarter, he would have and he would have finished as a wide receiver one. So that wasn't too bad. But my number one guy was Hollywood Brown. And my reasoning, you guys were right. You guys were like, oh, but he's, you know, Deshaun Jackson and he's going to be boomer bust week to week. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is Tyreek Hill 2.0. I, this, this might be like 90% Antonio Brown. Yeah. And I was just, I was just clearly wrong. And, and I mean, the reasoning was he was coming back from a brutal injury. I think it was a Liz Frank, which t- yep. we typically see 
uh, players operate at 80% of their typical effectiveness. He was like 15 to 20 pounds underweight. Uh, he gained all that back. He was working nonstop in the offseason. He's working with Lamar Jackson in Florida. So they had the rapport where not a lot of other receivers had the rapport in the COVID shortened season. Uh, you know, I loved him coming out of college and it was a, a lot of things like that. Uh, really what went wrong? I knew there was going to be the Lamar Jackson passing regression. I knew it. And, and I guess I just, I just didn't, I, I was too drawn to the, the what I foresaw for, for as an increase in, in volume just because I think he's so good and he's healthy, uh, but that just wasn't there. And then on top of it, all of my tape guys say he, he really struggled with press, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he didn't struggle with press in, in college. That was actually something he was pretty good at just despite his small frame, at least allegedly. Uh, and, and so that was something he struggled with, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he came on in the second half and that's a question I have to be asking myself is, is what, what do I trust? Do I trust my initial analysis or do I just take the L and kind of, kind of walk away? Luckily he, I mean, after the hype train train started, I know Curtis Patrick got on at, and then like a few other guys got on, he he did get pretty expensive, but uh, at least when I went on your show, he was still kind of cheap. Well, you know, we later on, we do have a couple uh, listener trades and one of them involves Lamar Jackson. So we'll go back to that. But I know Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Shane's already answering the trade question. But we we did we did tell you that we would bring you on to let you rebuttal rebuttal. But so you can rebuttal. (laughs) So you can rebuttal what Matthew Berry said about you and about the DFB last week. So real quick, though, because I wanted to just point out Scott was actually correct on Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson actually outscored Juju by a whopping point zero point two fantasy (laughs) point. So there you go. He still did it. That's all that matters. And he established himself as I would venture to say the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. And if he didn't drop every other pass, <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? Just, just, just the regression to get his catch rate up to like 30%. He probably is going to smash next year. Wow. And, and, and Marquise I'll- Brown too, you know, I mean, honestly, he might not be Tyree kill, but I still think we're holding out hope because he did so well at the end of the year. I don't think you missed on those three players. I just think it was a rough 2020 all around. I think though, I think you your uh, process was fine, and I'm I'm not getting rid of all the, any of those players. I'm buying all three of those guys. Nah, if Marquise Marquise Brown's second half was it, I mean in week. Sorry, just look this up again. <laughs> Starting in week uh, twelve, and <clears throat> no one's going to remember week seventeen because you shouldn't be playing in week seventeen. So no one's going to remember that, and no one's going to remember that he played that well anyway because most of his good weeks came in the playoffs weeks 14 15 16 and then 17 and then no yeah, but he still had them i mean he, he still did it, it yeah. still happened um so yeah I'm, I'm still buying and i'm not afraid to admit because it's take lock for me because i'm not being wrong so i'm just gonna go into year two screw the sun cross man them. take yeah. lock is worse just keep Keep going. It is kind of cool, though, Scott, because Jeremy said that your opinion, you know, obviously it matters. And a lot of people don't take responsibility for things that they say in the past. You know, they'll say stuff. And if it's right, they go ahead and tell everybody. And if it's wrong, they kind of pretend they never said it. There's not a lot of of accountability in this uh, industry. So what you said was actually right. You know, you know, it's funny, though. There is a lot of accountability pointing out that you're accountable, but not actually saying what you're doing nice. to be accountable. But that's there's a lot of that. And there's a lot on Twitter, like, and I've, I've noticed as people getting upset when people call them out on wrong takes, like, then don't put your fucking takes out there. But that's like, a, you know what I mean? But that's the thing. Like you were saying, but I'm just saying it meaner. Because I see some people on Twitter <laughs> complaining. He's restating you, but they didn't notice the shit out of me. Oh, Twitter's so toxic. You know, no one says anything about the one player I got right, but they'll bring up the seven I got wrong. Well, yeah, because you got seven wrong and they should you know you know what i mean like if your hit rate 60 percent, fine but don't pretend that that 40 percent didn't happen and then when people call you out on it get all upset about it but that's the the thing. you run when you do it that's i like why being you on twitter it. like twitter's awesome because people will be like oh shane was on this guy back in the day and i'll be like i don't remember that but thanks <laughs> but that's why i always throw out my wrong ones because i you remember those that it's but like that- um 
it's that self-defense mechanism. You just make fun of yourself before other people can do it. But that's, that's the thing, though. A lot of people, we've talked about on the show, a lot of people just throw shit out there and then hope something happens and then they can say, hey, see, I was the one who said it. And then they don't really go backwards. So I was just commenting about that with Scott. But I, I, I think what you said is correct. And, and Scott, I know we started to let you talk about what happened with Matthew Barry and then we kind of went off on another tangent. And I do want to say this one thing to you. We make jokes all the time that you're the Alec Baldwin of the show. But, but hearing your voice, as soon as you started talking, Talking, it 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 feels like to me. I'm sure to the other guys too. It feels like you're here with us every single week. Your voice and the way we all work together it just seems like you're always here. You know. Um, but go ahead, say what you'd like to say about what happened with Matthew. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I I, I wish I didn't get too a, as drunk as I am currently, but also uh, <laughs> I, I wish I, I went back and, and re-listened to the the Matthew podcast because. I had, I wanted to be on the podcast like ASAP, like, like as soon as I heard it, I'm like, get me on right now. I had so much to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I remember everything I was going to say, but I did want to say that was probably your best podcast ever. It was just, it was just so funny. I mean, the, the guy used to write for uh, married with children and it's like clear, clear as day because the guy was so funny. Bathroom Barfield is just an all time day. <laughs> So good. And, and uh, I, I, I will say we're just so lucky to have Matthew in the league because, you know, th this is a guy I grew up listening to uh, reading and to, to have him in my league is just like such a blessing, but also to, for him to be, to give such a fuck as he does and to talk about it on his show. It's really, it's really incredible. But yeah, I mean like the guy clearly gives a fuck and he's, I, I'm happy he won because he was so, so <laughs> snake bitten in that league, just the brutal beat last year. And then there was the infamous Davis Maddock trade involving Ezekiel Elliott, where he just like <laughs> completely died right after, you know, Matthew traded for him. And, you know, that was the, the big, the big deal, like the back and forth in the, in the chat over, over, you know, is this a fair trade? Is this not a fair trade? Uh, and like clearly on your show, he just remembered every excruciating detail <laughs> with, from from Barfield the the season before. I'm still glad I I'm still glad I didn't ask him this. Uh, I was I was planning on saying it, but I, I never really got the opportunity, and I just decided it would be a bad move. I was about to say, you know, you shouldn't have traded for Ezekiel Elliott. You really should have focused on Tyreek Hill. Oh, <laughs> that would not. I have couldn't been. do it. So uh, look, but, let's not let's not let Davis Maddock off the hook. That was a horrible trade was. Um, was he drunk what the hell if, is he if doing that then? trade came across that would you know if we used to do a, a, a bit on here trash dynasty trade offer <laughs> um, we haven't done it in a while um that shit would have been on there you know we weren't supposed to be talking about this we were supposed to be talking about what matthew said about you scott yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean what did he say that i i just like don't have a life and all i do is just like go, go out uh to the curb with like a, a cardboard uh, <laughs> board that says like go to fantasypoints.com shouting because like that, I mean, that is, that is what I do. I, I don't have a life and I'm constantly, you know, plugging the site, trying to, trying to make a living. Um, so, so, I mean, he hit the nail on the head and I, I, I have no rebuttal for that. Yeah. He was, he was outrageous and uh, I mean, he but didn't you know, know why I get on him for is uh, he's, he's a, uh, how how old is he? A forty year old man, and he's he cares about TikTok followers. He's like fifty two. Yeah, I know. He yeah, because TikTok he, followers. Yes, he if, was if, roughly if, around Mike's age. If I was still at PFF and they told me to get on TikTok, I would have, I would have slit my wrists and like I my head would have hit the floor like before they would have finished that sentence. That's what my kids do. I can't. I can't get into it. So I'm well, definitely not young enough. But I kudos to him for always thinking about the younger generation and getting right. more people involved. But yeah, I, I couldn't do it either. For all those people that, you know, say they could, they could do that job. There's no way. None of them could do that job. Oh my God. It, he, so yeah, he, here's, here's something we should talk about. It's just like, I, I, def, I will defend him to no end just because he is the unrivaled goat and like something for aspiring fantasy writers is just read Matthew's mentions, read Mike Clay's mentions. And it is just, it breaks your heart. It's just like, these are the two best guys clearly. 
and all they get is heat. All they get is trash, like idiots saying, oh, you and it's just like <laughs> nonstop heat. It's and uh, I'm like, this is what I, I aspire to. And so like, this is what the heat they get. Like, like I don't stand a chance, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike Clay is probably the, the best all around numbers projection guy. And then Matthew's just the best all around everything guy. Like, I think he's the best writer, like read his, read his autobiography. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's hilarious. Like read his intros every week. He's the only guy that can get away with that. Everyone else. It's like, all right, shut up. You're being self-indulgent. Just tell me who to play. Just write the names. And then his analysis is really good. Like I know he used to get heat. I think it was after like he, he said draft Mike Vick 101. And then like there was like uh, for like a year or two, people were like, oh, Matthew Berry stinks. But like his <laughs> recommendations are good. His analysis is good. I read it every week and like we overlap and I'm doing DFS. I'm playing like thousands of dollars each week. And like it's it's very, you know, simpatico. Um, but yeah, I mean, and like the, the TV work he does, uh, is really just the, the best in the game. And like, you, you could tell from the league itself, like how hyper competitive is he, how much does he give a, f- how much is he, you know, how much time is he spending on trades? This is a guy who, you know, is working 90 hours a week. Like I am is on TV every day is blah, blah, blah. So it's just, it, it's, 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 it's not hard to see why he succeeded to, to being the number one guy. It's just, you know, the, the, the effort, the, the competitiveness, uh, he's definitely, you know, uh, I, and, and just to say he's a friend, like I I was a nobody in the industry. I had, uh, 2000 followers on Twitter and I was put in a a tough, uh, situation. I was, I got competing offers to write, uh, fantasy. One was full-time one was sort of full-time one wasn't full-time. And I just DM'd him. I'm like, hey, what are your thoughts on – I was hoping I could pick your brain. Do you have any thoughts on these three companies? And he was just like, yeah, give me your number. I'll call you. And we spoke wow. on the phone for like two and a half hours. I'm an absolute nobody. And he's Matthew Berry. So he's just a guy who's like wow, you know, a great stand-up guy. He's helped me out a ton throughout uh, my career. And you know, obviously the, the number one guy. So someone I look up to a lot and respect his analysis and opinion on things. Also a great businessman, clearly. But – it's awesome. really cool. It was neat right after you, you know, the draft and um, in the DFB, the startup draft. And it wasn't long after he followed us and he wanted to trade with us. And it was just crazy to see the first the first DM from Matthew Barry asking us about a trade. And, I, you know, I mean, I was like, man, really want to do this deal, but I don't like it. <laughs> Guys, what do you think? Like, we're, we're trading with Matthew Barry. And um, so we, we didn't part with Michael Thomas then. But um you know, that's who he was after. And it, it was just cool to have that dialogue. And eventually we were all kind of interacting with him and get him on the I show. Mean, I'm glad he beat us because I don't know if we would have gotten him on the show. Shane <laughs> <laughs> just shook his head and I'm oh, shaking my head as well. I'm not glad either. He's awesome and all, but I wanted to beat that. Me too. I really did too, man. I wanted to crow on Twitter and I couldn't. I had to be all nice on Twitter and shit like, well, if we had to lose, at least it was Matthew Barry. Dad, I wanted to win. Scott, we made jokes that we were going to make T-shirts and everything to sell in the store and stuff. You know, <laughs> you know, Matthew Barry. Well, it is funny, and 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 Scott, I I I get what you're saying now. It's been what two weeks now since it happened. Where if we would have got you on the night before, maybe you would have had some other things to say. So we we you said you wanted to refute it, re, refute it, whatever it is. But it's cool everything that you said. So why don't we do this instead? Instead of going against that that the last time you were here you were talking about starting up fantasypoints.com and it was getting ready to go how did everything go with it you know we we ended up in this world of covid and it's such a weird world but how did your your company start up and how did it go yeah i mean i i'm not a really good salesman but uh yeah we we had a very successful year one we're very happy with it uh i kind of basically took on dfs by myself uh and then we added this guy wes huber who uh worked for PFF and he was just like, Hey, I'd I'd like to write an article here or there. I quit PFF. I'm going to do this pharmacy thing. Uh, And then his, his work was just so incredibly good and mind blowing. And like, he immediately became my favorite writer and he was writing breakdowns better than I could do. And I'm like, I don't remember the last time I said that. So we hired him full time. He helped me with DFS. He's going to do a lot of dynasty stuff because that's what he did at PFF. He, you know, broke down and, and graded, uh, college prospects. He's one of their top graders. And so he's just going to be a, a tremendous asset for us. 
you know, Graham Barfield also helped out in DFS. Tom Brawley handled uh, uh, gambling, and you know, John Hansen and Joe Dolan uh, were big on the the redraft side. I think I think we we crushed. I think we exceeded expectations, and it looks like we've possessed positioned ourselves really well uh, moving forward. We're going to have Greg Cassell ha- handle our draft guide, and I I, I don't know that it gets much better than Greg Cassell. We're also going to have right. Wes help out with that. I'll help out with that. I'll, I'll, I'll have my, my uh, models, which were really good last year, except for tight end, stupid <laughs> uh, Hunter Bryant injuries. And, and maybe, maybe Harrison Bryant was better than the NFL thought, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna have an amazing draft guide, other stuff. So uh, a lot of Debbie content from Wes dynasty content from me, Wes and Graham, uh, so be on the lookout with that. But I just wanted to walk back to one thing that you said, how, how tough it is to, to trade with Matthew Berry. And I think like, I think, I think that's exactly right. So his name in the, the league is the Godfather, which I gave him just because he's the Godfather of the industry, but he's also so hard to trade with because he's the Godfather or it's like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Like how hard is it to say no to Matthew Berry? Uh, so my dynasty partner against the family. Anytime I could get a dynasty partner in a league, I want, I want TJ Calkins because you know trading <laughs> makes me nervous. I don't like doing it, and like I've only ever seen him lose three trades ever, and uh, one of them was to Matthew Berry, which just speaks to like how tough it is to trade with him because he's an artful negotiator and he's just someone it's so hard to say no to. But I did want to bring up one of those trades that TJ and I lost. And that was Justin Jefferson. Ah. This is another L I need to take and a big fat W for Shane. Because apparently Shane was the driving force behind that Justin Jefferson trade. I just re-listened to that podcast. So you guys gave all the props to Shane on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a big L for me. I, I said I was actively looking to trade him. And we traded him for your 101 or for your, your, your <laughs> round one. It was and not I the said, 101. <laughs> I said it was going to be the 101 and you guys should have been tanking. And then lo and behold, you guys went to the championship. Uh, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, I think, is an interesting case study on, on, on why this is difficult. Uh, because my thinking was, okay, I like him long term, but I, I'm worried about him in year one short term. I think he's going to be cheaper the following year. Uh, the only concern with him is can he separate on the outside? And you listen to Howie Roseman, and it was clear as day he took Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson because he didn't think Justin Jefferson Jefferson could separate outside. Jefferson uh, ran about seventy percent of his routes out wide two three years ago, and then two years ago was ninety nine percent slot where he was much better, much more effective. And the big knock on him from everyone coming out was, okay, can he separate outside? And Howie Roseman kind of definitively said, no, that's why we like Rieger. But then at the same time, Rick Spielman literally laughed out loud uh, (laughs) when Roseman took Jalen Rieger. I was like, really? All right, we got Jefferson. Let's go, baby. And so uh, my, my concern was, okay, if he can't separate outside, that's not good for Jefferson because, um, Minnesota runs 12 personnel at the highest rate, very few slot routes. And then Adam Thielen's arguably better in the slot. So that, and it's already a low pass volume offense. Mm -hmm. And so the variable there was, can he separate on the outside? And the answer was a resounding, yeah. (laughs) So that was just a a big time, time L for me, but that, that was the reasoning behind it. Why this is kind of tricky and murky. But that's funny because that was an L for a lot of people because a lot of people said the same exact thing. He's a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver. That's all he can do. So Minnesota even tried him out as a slot receiver, and they were like, he's not very good at this in the NFL. And for whatever reason, they put him on out, you know, on the outside, and he just tore everything up. But absolutely, I don't remember anybody coming out of college where they were like, oh, no, 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 yeah, he's definitely going to be on the outside. Everybody talked him up as a slot receiver. Um, that's why – people were able to trade him for, you know, what turned out to be the 111. That's why people were able to pick him after Rager in most rookie drafts. I don't even need to look at the the ADP. I know it for a fact, yeah, but he was going, he easily went after CD Lamb, Jerry Judy. Um, you know, Rager, it might've been close, but he still went behind him too. And he ended up being the greatest rookie wide receiver that's ever existed. Apparently. 
do you do you Shane? Do you remember actually what Scott is saying? Do you remember? Not even a little bit. I (laughs) I was gonna say I saw your face when Scott said to give you credit. I I saw your face. I remember the offer. I remember the offer coming through, and I was like, "Hey guys, look at this!" And then uh, immediately Siege was like, "Are you guys nuts?" But I love seriously. That's you just traded away Trevor Lawrence for a wide receiver. No, but it's it's so great. It's when when uh, Siege. Thought we were right, you know. <laughs> just do the re- pull the reverse of the siege, and and chances are things are gonna work out. And it's so great, Scott, because you gave Shane the credit, and I saw Shane's face when you said it, and that's why I wanted to know if he recalls that. I mean, look, this, here's the part of what's great about my brilliance is I don't need to recall my brilliance to <laughs> just know that artist. it happened. You can't tell and, anyone else how to do it. You right, just, you just do it. It happened, and you know we all get the benefits of it. You know, I leave it up to historians to. Act actually document the brilliance. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you Scott for bringing that up. That is awesome. I know I know Jeremy brought it up last or 2 weeks ago with Matthew that we did that trade. So well, we made yeah, a series of moves and honestly going from second to last to second, I mean, second to worst to second, you know, best is I mean, that's it was really the four moves we made, three of them primarily cuz you know, Hill came later but you know, and, and obviously he helped. I, I know, but we we made those key moves. Ju- drafting Justin Herbert at the top of the second. I don't know why he fell that far, but I mean, Mike, there's another second round hit for you. There you I'm go. <laughs> See, J- <laughs> I mean, Scott, I, Jeremy, I Jeremy. There. I was like, gimme, gimme, I'll take him. <laughs> Scott, Jeremy always has this thing about getting second round hits. It's it's pretty awesome. And, and, and we also <laughs> drafted Hakeem Butler at 103. I'm never going to forget that. Hakeem Butler at 103. So uh, there you go. So I, Shane will bring up the hit and misses we did in the first round, and Jeremy will bring up the hits we did in the second round. You know, I, I had forgotten about Butler. Now <laughs> you made me go back because I I like to live live life forward, man. But there has to be an fun. asterisk, though. We ha- we always have to say, and Scott, this is the thing about this league is those rookie picks are always done prior to the rookie draft. So when we, when we say, you know, we hit or miss on some player, it's it's before the NFL even does anything with it. So it makes it a lot difficult to even hit or miss on these guys. I, I, I do just want to say for those listening at home, like, oh, Scott Barrett, why isn't he winning the league? Is just this is sort of a, a coordinated decision on our end. Um, we have I mean, how many we have like a stacked dynasty team. This is tight end premium. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. To yeah, show while you're doing it. that, I have to say I looked at your roster and I couldn't believe at the beginning of last season. In addition to having such a star-studded team, like a you know a really good strong roster, you had all you have all those picks. No, but and, you know what? I was like, wow, this team. The best is that Scott's <laughs> saying that our listeners are sitting back going, "How come Scott isn't winning this league?" <laughs> All right, so I pulled it up. I pulled it up. We have uh, it's tight end premium super flex. Uh, Kyler, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Jalen Rieger, uh, George Kittle, Hunter Henry, a few other pieces. But we have four f- uh, first round picks this year. And I think outside of you, they're all in the top five. And then we have two picks, two first round picks, and two second round picks. Uh, the year after that. So I think we are really positioned well. And, you know, we're TJ and I were just in so many leagues. We're not afraid to take a, you know, a long-term oriented approach, you know, okay, well, we'll lose, we'll, we'll lose this year and then we'll dominate for six years, ideally something along <laughs> those lines. Uh, but, but TJ's, so whenever I'm asked, what is your top strategy tip for dynasty leagues? That is find the dumbest person in the league and then trade R them until there's nothing left. <laughs> and uh, just wanted to say <laughs> shout out to my guy, Davis Maddock. Um, let's, let's just look at the, the first <laughs> four guy. trades he made this year. Wait a second. Before you do this, it seems like what we're going to have happen with this show is we're going to have everybody come on and then they're going to start roasting other people in the DMV so that we can have them come back in. But go ahead. Go ahead. But we'll have the whole league on before it's done. It sounds like everyone should be roasting Davis, though. Just because, like, everybody's like, no matter what the strategy was, like, if you're like, I need to turn around my team, I I need to win now. 
I'm going to, I'm just going to trade with David. I also, <laughs> another strategy is like, I'm going to build for the future. So I'm just going to take all of his picks. Like, it's nice that like three different teams got to just pick at his carcass like that. But, <laughs> and and the thing, the thing with us too, the thing with us too, is he came to us. We didn't go to him. Right, Jeremy? We didn't send that offer. He sent an offer to us that day. No, he, he sent that Tyreek Hill offer. And I was like, guys, smash accept, right? <laughs> Well, that's why when you watch those YouTube videos where people hurt themselves, it's funnier because they're injuring themselves. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as funny as when someone like if you, you know, like if you just someone shoots another guy in the foot, you're like, that's that's terrible. How can he do that? But when a dude shoots himself in the foot, oh, you're like, yeah, that's pretty hard. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's bring it back to Scott. Scott, go ahead. What were you saying? I, I love Davis, by the way. He, he has a great podcast where he ends every sentence. And it sounds as though he's like asking a question and crying at the same time, <laughs> but it's like really smart. I swear, to, I swear to God, it's like my favorite. It's the smartest, smartest podcast. Uh, love Matic, love, love bashing Matic, uh, but do love Matic and, and actually respect him. He, great DFS player. Um, right. So here's, here's the first trade he made. It was in April. It was with me and TJ. He gave up, uh, uh, we gave up Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams. He gave up his first round pick. <laughs> See, no, no, Matthew actually brought that up on the show when he was here. He he mentioned the 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 first round pick for Damian Williams. He brought that up. I think that was. I think that might have been the Justin Jefferson pick too, which makes it look even worse. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. And then. In, the next trade was with you guys. He gave up Tyreek Hill and Logan Thomas. <laughs> and you guys gave up Mike Jasicki, a third round pick and a first round pick. Uh, a 2022 first round pick, no less. Such an egregious bad trade. Uh, and then the, the next trade was the one where, uh, you know, the commissioner had to, had to step in. It just like was a little not, seemed not fair enough. It was Zeke for a second and third round pick, which I mean, like, to be fair, like this was before, you know, Zeke just like fell off a, a massive cliff. And then the next one is like somehow just as bad, if not worse than all these. Uh, Davis gave up Cam Akers and Danny gave up Nicole Hardman. <laughs> Wait, straight up? Straight up, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we look. need to do a net. We I, need to do a net giveaway and and receive. But wait, I want to say one because it's it's that ugly. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to write an article. You really need to do that. It's going to write an article. That is the most tragic series of trades that I've ever heard about in my life, and I've made diary of a man. But wait, 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 wait. To be completely fair, the way you said it, Scott, that he has a great podcast and you love his information. When you created this league. The, the people that you brought into this league are from different places. You know, you brought us in as the podcast for the league. You have Matthew Barry. You have yourself. But Davis is a DFS person. And even when you talked about the league, you were like, okay, we have a couple people in here that do daily fantasy sports. We have a couple people here that do Dynasty. We have a couple people here that do uh, Redraft. So you had this kind of mixture of all these different personalities and all these different perceptions of how to play Dynasty. So when, when people are doing certain things, they may have this idea idea of what they should do and we can all sit here and say wow those trades are are not that good but but when people have different backgrounds of what they're doing maybe their ideas of trades are a little different than ours yeah i did this for a few reasons uh one i just think dfs analysts are you know inherently sharper just because like you know this is what they're doing for a living so uh you know they have actual skin in the game and it's like way harder and like they're digging so deep into the models and projections that I feel like dynasty guy, like you guys are an exception, but for the most part are kind of, Oh, like speed score. Well, like who cares? I'm going to play the long game with this team. Uh, I hate the right. long game. I'm sorry, but go ahead. So, so that, was, that was part of it. The, the other part was, it was kind of just like, okay, the best touts like Graham Barfield, Pat Thorman, Rich Rebar, Matthew Barry. And it was like, names at least in DFS and like Hefe was just coming off of like winning $5 million ever. Uh, and then getting dynasty guys, you, I think I went to Ryan McDowell. who's just like, I can't add her another, another league. But, uh, uh, and then part of that was also just, I thought it gave us an edge. Like I'm, I told TJ, 
I'm like, you know, we ha- all all we're gonna do is just trade back and stockpile picks because I know Evan Silva. I know he has like he's just so impatient and he just wants to get rid of his picks <laughs> immediately. I know Hefe's gonna be like that. All the DFS guys are probably gonna be like that. And so that was our strategy, and we absolutely would have smashed, and like we did, I think to a degree. But about halfway through the startup, TJ's like, yo, these guys are all so bad. We have a chance to do both. We have a chance to, you know, like win this year and then win for six years. And so we deviated from our strategy a little bit. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we do have like Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, and then all these picks coming this year. Um, but yeah, I do think that was an interesting blend of a uh, cast of characters with different approaches. Um and I but think I like, you get you and Rebar and us were the best position because we did take the longest uh, sh- strategy. Like the, we had the longest outlook. I do like that Scott's using the t- tried and true method of dynasty. If you're bad this year, point to next year. He can actually do that because, you know, a lot of us will do that with teams and we'll, we'll look at them and we'll go, dude, you got like no first round picks. You have all second rounders and all your wide receivers are 28. Like you're not rebuilding. You're just bad. I mean, it's not the case. But there's a lot of different there's a lot of different approaches, and that's kind of the reason why it was kind of cool. Oh, you were feeling bad for Davis because we were trashing him. <laughs> I wasn't right. feeling bad for Davis. What I was just saying was that there is a hodgepodge of of different personalities and different backgrounds and different uh, styles of playing fantasy in this league, and and that's one of the reasons that it, it it's so good. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. also I I think Jeremy and I have spoke about it a couple times, Scott. The the fact that we did this whole pay three years an advanced type of thing also builds a league where people are really kind of they're invested in it where they're not gonna just bail after a year or whatever not that i'm saying anybody in this league would have bailed after a year but that three-year investment thing actually helps to keep everybody in line yeah so um i i spent a lot of time figuring out what I was going to, how I was going to structure this. And I, I felt really good about it. So in all my leagues now, I do the three-year thing. And it's just like, you know, do it or, or, or don't play in the league. Um, and it and it makes you feel better about teams trading future picks. Like Hefe, as soon as his future <laughs> pick hits, he tries to sell those, um, which is funny. But, but yeah, and super flex, tight end premium, deep, deep roster, multi-flex, uh, a lot of thought went into that. That really is my favorite approach. I never want to play one QB, but uh, I did it for the Fantasy Points Dynasty League. I just didn't set it up, and I had to play it. And I didn't want to play it because I thought it was too easy to game. But, like, the good news is it was easy to game. So <laughs> my, my team right now is uh, Justin Herbert at QB, Saquon Barkley at running back, and then either Najee Harris or Chase Etienne as my RB2, uh, and then two more first-round picks and the, the, the first, second-round pick. Uh, and then my wide receivers are uh, Brandon Ayuk, Keaton Allen, Antonio Brown, Stephon Diggs, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, <laughs> and then it's not tight end premium, but I have Noah Fant, I have Evan Ingram, and it's like that team is so stacked, it's going to have Ayuk, and CD Lamb on the bench each week. And it's just like I finished I finished second to last, like whatever. Like that team is just gonna steamroll next like next year and every year after, right? Like how does it how does it not? Yeah, I damn loaded. <laughs> damn, I had a question I was gonna ask, and then I was listening to your wide receivers and I got all horny and uh, all well, I will say <laughs> this the 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 Harris Etwine thing, you know, the, that's uh, that's a, Go ahead. You you That's thought of it. You remembered. Go ahead. So uh, just the way you phrased that, are you even considering Etienne over Harris? But, Let's say for for our draft, for the DFB draft, because it's before the uh, NFL draft. And also for our Patreon rookie mock that we're going to do tonight. Oh, we're going to do a mock Which later. is, that's that's what I was going to tie that into, but if you want to do this now. No, no, no you're better, because that's smart, because then we're trying to sell the patron. <laughs> we're like, oh, if you become a patron, you get to listen to the mock draft. So no, and, and look, I do not want to take away from from our listeners. We have a, a great bunch of listeners. So go ahead, Scott, answer that question, but we are going to bring that into the, the Patreon show with our draft. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just tell them to be Patreon members. <laughs> no, I'm saying go ahead and answer the question that he asked you. Prior to the draft, which is what happens in the DFB, which one of those two guys do you like prior Not to their landing dreaded. spots? Yeah, I mean, so so that's tricky because uh, TJ is my, my partner, so we kind of just – like I have my strategy and then it, you know, it's, it's always a blend with TJ, but what I would do personally is uh, first I would uh, gather up all the best mock drafts. So like Dane Brugler, Lance Zierlein, and then just build out rank, rank their mock drafts by like, okay, which running back does he have going first? That's probably the guy I'm going to have RB one unless dot, 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 you know, really exploded on tape. And remember, you have to really wow me on tape because I'm not a tape guy. And then, or just a super smash in my model. Um, and, and my model, I, I feel really, really good about. Uh, and then if not that, then Greg Cassell is whispering in my ear and he's like, no, 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 no. this guy, he's a stud. So it, it's going to be uh, an amalgamation of, of a bunch of different factors. But uh, where am I at right now? I mean, like, Bro, it's DFS season just ended, you know, two days ago. So like, I I'm so burnt out, and I haven't I haven't really paid any attention, and I haven't started to run my models. But hopefully next week. All right. Yeah. Well, then what we're gonna do? We are gonna do that first round mock in the Patreon for the HQ crew. But we did mention at the beginning of the show that there was a trade that did involve Lamar Jackson. Let's just go over that trade real quick, and then we'll wrap it up, and then we'll go on to the Patreon show. So, Shane, why don't you go over this trade alert here that has Lamar Jackson. It loops back to what Scott said about Lamar in the beginning of the show. Oh, and this ain't no goddamn listener trade. This isn't my trade. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is on the show sheet it says listener trade, and then it's blank, and then it says trade alert. So, okay, so it's a Shane trade, so go ahead. Listeners, so here, so I'm the guy that usually adds the trades to the show sheet. (laughs) DM me trades that don't suck or that do suck, and I will put them on the show sheet, listeners. Or Venmo cash me, and then I'll make sure I shout out your name, too. And then he won't tell us about it, Jeremy. But go ahead. So go ahead. Why don't you go over your quote-unquote trades? So, you know, we were watching the game all together on a Sunday, right, in in the patron chat, and we were talking about Lamar Jackson because he was shitting all over himself, like basically in that game. Um, So, and we were talking up Justin Herbert. So I decided that let me go see if I can go sell high on Justin Herbert and get Lamar Jackson back with a little something extra since apparently Lamar Jackson's not good at football now. So I gave up uh, Justin Haybear, a 2021 fourth-round pick, and I got back Lamar Jackson and a 2021 second-round pick. Wait, one more time. You gave up Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert and a fourth and got back Lamar Jackson and a second. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. I think that's good. I think that's solid. The no, I think I think that's probably a win for you. Uh, I mean, maybe Justin Herbert is Josh Allen. Maybe they, you know, start letting him use his his legs. An interesting, like one of my favorite stats from this past offseason is Justin Herbert is like literally uh, Devin Singletary, except like a foot and a half taller and like ninety pounds heavier. So he's just like a freak athlete. You, you right. could use him as that Josh Allen. And like, I mean, he had just had arguably the best passing season by any rookie quarterback ever with like a bottom three head coach. Um, but I mean, he doesn't run at the end of the day. Jeremy, what did you think of the trade with Lamar and Herbert? I, I want the Lamar side. I think the Lamar Jackson side, I think that, um, you know, if before last season, if you could get Lamar Jackson for Justin Herbert in any way, um, you know, great trade. The fact that he brings a second back and gets rid of a fourth too, icing on the cake. Uh, I think it's a trade you have to make fantasy football. And, and Scott pretty much, you know, captured why it's the, uh, you know, the um, ability to make those crazy plays at any moment. He doesn't need to throw the ball 50 times a game to get you crazy fantasy stats. Everything has to go right, you know, for Herbert passing the ball. He doesn't run as much. So um, I do, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, but I think, you know, Playing dynasty football, the, the quarterback I would want in this situation of the two is definitely Lamar Jackson. I think Shane won a trade. I don't know how you do it, man. You've been winning a lot of trades lately. I will. T- 
you this. I will, I, no, but I'll tell you this about Shane. What's really cool is I, I was reading that chat at the time. And, and Shane is one of those kind of guys that when he hears something or when somebody says, because if I remember correctly, Shane, somebody had a poll up. And you said, oh, my God, Herbert's winning this poll. I need to go out and get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Am I correct? Is that what happened? I yeah, saw that. Yeah. After it screenshot it to me because I'm blocked by that person. But uh-huh. Yeah. Actionable intel. So, Shane is not afraid to, to take action and just. I mean, that's what and, you should be doing in Dynasty, right? I mean, any, any real, really any situation, you should be acting on what's out there. Um, you see something's out there and you know it's wrong. Well, then go act on it. And that was the point because he said that in the group chat and he said, oh, my God, I need to go out and get me some Lamar Jackson. And he did. He, yeah. he saw that happen and then he sent out some offers and he got it. And, and it, was, it was actually kind of cool to see the whole evolution of how it happened. So I'm obvious. I mean, there's not like a, I'm never going to be a guy that's like, uh, you know, you know what I'm doing. You see me coming. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's fine with me. And we still don't know how the world's going to be in the next six, eight months. There's a lot oh, we're of... We're going to be fine. we got a vaccine coming. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Shut up. So listen, why don't we do this? We're going to do the the mock with Scott. I, I see Ma, uh, Scott with his hoodie there. Um, before we wrap everything up, let's... Scott, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Because again, just like Matthew Barry, we kind of just jumped right into it. We didn't talk about fantasy points. We didn't talk about you. So go ahead and tell everybody about yourself before we wrap this up, and then we'll go on to the Patreon account. Yeah, I, I'm Scott Barrett, I, the Alec Baldwin of the Dynasty <laughs> Trades HQ podcast. Uh, I'm a co-owner at FantasyPoints.com. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I appreciate your support. It means a lot. We, we, we're going to do Dynasty stuff. We're going to do Debbie stuff. We're going to go super in-depth. Uh, we have some of the best minds breaking things down. You'll, ha- you'll get an in-depth look at my uh, Dynasty prospect model, what goes into that and why. Uh, I have uh, the players ranked where I have them, where to draft them in best ball, massive edge in best ball. You know, like last year, Jonathan Taylor was like a sixth round pick in February and March. And then he was, you know, a second round pick after the draft. So big edge there. Uh, Graham Barfield, Greg Cassell, John Hansen, Joe Dolan, Wes Huber, et cetera, et cetera. So I uh, appreciate the plug. Make sure you guys check that out. Use 21 Barrett. 10 i think i think for a promo code uh but we're the cheapest will be all year so so check it out scott listen i love you and i'm sorry that i end up putting you on the spot every I, single I'm time so bad at the sales I, I, yeah but you know what we can help you because um we're subscribers i know shane is i am we didn't go the dynasty trades hq route where we all share a shared subscription like that we all have our well we have our own but um yeah it's a great site a, a great group there um we've we've tried to help as well um yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't even care that you look like the Unabomber tonight. It's hey, like, hey, <laughs> Kaczynski over there at the beard and the hoodie. We we will take a picture at the end of this and we'll post it out there. But I I, d- right. I do feel bad, Scott, because I do seem to always put you on the spot when I ask you. So so Shane, tell everybody about the HQ crew because that's where we're going to go next. Oh yeah, if we haven't mentioned it. Um, once or twice or five times tonight, uh, we have a patron um, account. Go become a patron, HU crew, uh, group me chat, which probably I'm not even gonna lie, yeah, it's probably the most valuable part of it is everybody in there, um, talking, but also you get an additional podcast and you get the uncensored version of this show and you get to hear things like Scott Barrett doing a draft with us, um, that you non patrons aren't gonna hear. So go, fuck. <laughs> and one other thing that we talked. Jeremy shaking his head. One one of the thing we talked about that we're going to start next month is we're going to do a Patreon Zoom meeting with all of us. Correct, guys. Yeah. The three of us will meet with all of our patrons. We'll get as many people as we can in the room, and we'll have some fun with all of our patrons. So that's going to be cool. Absolutely. We're going to start that in February. Um, Jeremy, tell everybody about our store. Yeah, you guys know we have a store, um, dthq.storenvy.com, dthq.storenvy.com, shirts, 
hats, stickers, mugs, really cool stuff. Big emblazoned uh, new logo on the front of it. T-shirts with shit that Shane says. Um, hats, COVID <laughs> masks. I mean, all of it. Check it out. Get something. Stickers, too. Get, definitely get the stickers. <laughs> and check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ and over at iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, wherever you hear podcasts at Dynasty Trades HQ. We appreciate you guys every single week coming to listen to us. We love you guys. Um, Scott, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight to do the uh, the rookie mock. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So say Take goodbye, care, everybody. everybody. <laughs> Shane, say goodbye. Shane, you're on mute. <laughs> this mic, it's a new mic. I mean, there's no mute button on here. Yeah, have to use the one out here. Yeah. And, and so I keep using the one on the screen, but, oh you know, God. when I'm doing other shit, I can't. Oh, uh, my God. Just say goodbye. I had a beard like that not too long ago. I can't do it, man. It, it, it bugs the heck out of me. The longest I can have is just, like, the stubble. And, of course, the, the you know, going silver early like this, the whole thing, you know, just adds to the age profile. So, but I can't do the beard, man. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Jeremy's talking to Scott. Say goodbye, Shane. Oh, I thought we said goodbye. You didn't say it. Goodbye. Okay, cool. That's so fucking hilarious. Okay. Yeah.